Voice of San Diego podcasts are sponsored by the Bob Nelson Charitable Fund, honoring the San Diego Harbor Police Foundation. I enjoy news. So, and talking about it. In the <laughs> yeah, news. also oh, that. Oh, geez, look, there's a microphone right in front of your face. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Voice of San Diego podcast in partnership with News Radio 600 Kogo. I am Scott Lewis, the editor in chief at Voice. I'm joined, as always, by assistant editor Andrew Keats. What's up? And Sarah Libby, she's our managing editor. Hello. How are you guys? It's nice to have the band back, the, the gruesome threesome. I don't think that's her name. <laughs> <laughs> no? Maybe not, it is now. Not with it. <laughs> Um, so one thing that, uh, there's some established rules, some things, physics that I've come to understand. And one of them is that no event in history ever has had its audio visual infrastructure work. Yeah. Period. Ever. Yeah. Nothing has ever worked. I think that's true. I mean, even like Steve Jobs was probably like introducing the iPhone at this, you know, mega corporation, and in there, and he's probably like yelling about the, the thing not working because it's never worked. Yeah, it's it's never worked. Yeah, this is a good, a good precursor. It's funny. I also I was, I I went to jobs too. You did. When you said that. I was thinking what, about any major jobs snafus. It seems like he would care about the AV working really well. Yeah, and he would probably still didn't work well. And so, once again. It didn't work so well for us. Elon Musk should raise a billion dollars with a pretend solution to this problem. <laughs> yeah. the What would it call the The sound? Yeah. Just call it sound? <laughs> the boring company? Yeah. Uh, anyway, we had our live podcast this week, and that was going to be the show for this week. But unfortunately, the recording just wasn't quite there. Thank you so much for coming out for our live podcast. I have some special news for you. Can't get the recording part of it to work. Well, but that means it's exclusive for you. This whole experience is like an ephemeral special experience that nobody else will get. You um, that is uh, no slight on our uh, amazing producer Nate John. He's he's good. Just something's. I mean, now that you've sometimes. said that it isn't, kind of oh. supplies that. Maybe we sort should think like that it, it was. <laughs> but it's definitely not. If it just no. wasn't, you could have just not said anything. There'd be no reason to suggest otherwise. Just brought his name into it. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about a few things that happened there. Um, uh, not anymore about how the AV didn't work and how it wasn't Nate's problem. Yeah. Hey, I don't think you asked any dumb questions last night. Oh, good. You didn't. No, good. I got you did on. not ask any dumb questions. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> You you were good too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is um, a good bit. We could do this for quite a while. We were at the Chula Vista Brewery. It was great to be in South Bay. We had a lot of fun talking uh, about some South Bay issues and border issues as well. Uh, we are also going to talk about how the earth shook. There's an earthquake risk you may not have thought about. Uh, also, there was an announcement they claimed was big from the Navy Sandag and the city of San Diego. We'll talk about what actually happened there and some other bits of news of the week. Okay, so last night's show, I thought it was fun. We had um, uh, Chula Vista Mayor Mary Salas 
and uh, Jason Wells, who represents the San Ysidro Chamber of Commerce. I talked a lot about uh, South Bay Chula Vista's finances and stuff like that. And there was a really interesting moment, I thought, where we asked Mary Salas, or you had brought up the tax that was uh, a potential tax for uh, transit issues, MTS, of course. Um, well, why don't you explain MTS's situation? So MTS does not represent the full or does not cover the full county. Right. MTS covers essentially the southern portion of the county. NCDTD covers the northern por- portion of the county. But in its most recent iteration, MTS has never been responsible for uh, raising revenue to pay for transit expansions. That task has fallen to Sandag. Um, and when Lorena Gonzalez proposed and eventually saw uh, AB 805 pass, um, that included provision that allowed MTS to put up its own tax measures to collect that revenue and to use it to expand transit, um, which is something that once it had that power, MTS seized on and started to work towards putting a ballot measure on the 2020 ballot. Yeah, so Mayor Jer- or Mayor Kevin Faulkner famously made Georgette Gomez the city council members, later city council president, the chairwoman of the Metropolitan Transit System. Well, he yeah, he, he made helped. a rare appearance at MTS to vote for her right. um, on a day when fellow Republican Ron Roberts was also seeking that position. Right. And it was uh, notable right. as a sign of their relationship. And she immediately got to work mm-hmm. on this project of potentially raising a sales tax, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To pay for transit improvements. The idea being like, look, you may never get some of the northern areas of the county to support this transit investment. So why bother? Right. Like right. let's go ahead and limit it, it to the places. Yeah, let's limit it to the places that would benefit and and want, and, the, want it. and want it. And then you don't have to bother with them anymore. Uh, that came up, so we asked Mary. You should S- say Mary Salas, mayor of Chula Vista, is, is on the board of MTS now and has been for a long time. Right, right. And so we asked her because one thing we've been thinking about: Chula Vista has raised its sales taxes twice in the last what six years? Four. Yeah, twenty sixteen, and then again in twenty eighteen. Right. So as the highest sales tax rate in the county. Right, bar none. And so. It seems, and a lot of people have been talking about, like that would be a potential obstacle to raising it again for this whole thing. Yeah. And so we asked her about that. You mentioned the tax uh, that MTS might pass to support some transit projects. Chula Vista has increased its sales tax a couple times recently. Could it handle another one? I think that the appetite for another tax is going to be a real tough sell. Okay, so later I just clarified. I said, so would you oppose that tax? And she said, no, 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 I'm not saying I would oppose. I'm just saying it would be very, very difficult for the public to accept. Mm -hmm. And then later you clarified. You said, wait, so would you want them to pursue a different type of tax? And she said something along the lines of, we should explore that, basically. Right. (laughs) So, wow, if Chula Vista doesn't support tax like this it's gotta be that's gotta be a major crippling effect on it right yeah and i think even just taking a step back from that like mary silas is seen as rightly or wrongly she is has a reputation as a transit advocate one of the more outspoken transit advocates in the um, among elected officials in the county 
Um, so for her to be pumping the brakes and saying you know, there's these things that we need to consider, uh, I think is notable. And yeah, I think she's also saying something that's more or less just a, a political reality, which is you can't keep raising taxes on the same group of people year after year after year without them starting to change their uh, their thirst for tax increases. Hmm. So are they? What's the probability that they do put? tax increase for MTS on the November 2020 measure. What where were we at now? Over I mean, under it, 70? It that's a that's probably a good place to set the over over under line and I think most people would probably say over. I mean by all public appearances they are moving forward with a tax increase. That can certainly change. Nothing's a done deal deal till it's on the ballot, but it seems to me that all in uh all intentions among Georgette Gomez, the other uh, allied board members, and MTS itself are to do it. They've hired consultants. They're 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 pursuing this. It's called Elevate. Elevate is the the oh, name. They of have the, a, they have a name. I mean, it'll eventually become Yes on whatever, but right now it's Elevate SD, I believe. Elevate SD. Yeah. Seems like a like somebody's like license plate. L V eight the number SD. Maybe that's how they spell it. That's good. I've only ever, I've never seen it in writing, so maybe that, maybe they spell it that way. Maybe I get that license yeah. plate. Mm-hmm. That seems like something Nathan Fletcher would get on his like Ford Bronco or something. Sounds like the name of a marijuana dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll see if that happens. Though so that's uh, th- that was part of the reason they wanted to move the the mayor's uh, proposed tax on hotels for the convention center to the to the March ballot because they wanted to make sure that this one didn't get mucked up. Yes, cannibalized. Right. Uh, can I talk about some news about that, by the way? I don't see why not. Do you so mind, that's what Sarah? We, that's what we do here. I enjoy news. So, <laughs> and talking about it. Into yeah, the, also oh, that. Oh, geez, look, there's a microphone right in front of your face. <laughs> the the quick bit of update. So there's the reason they wanted that uh, hotel room tax increase to be a ballot measure from the citizens was because there was this legal theory that it could pass with just a bare majority vote as opposed to a two-thirds vote that's required for special taxes that the government puts on the ballot. And that theory was based on the idea that as a citizen's initiative, it's not the government putting on, so it should be its own thing. But that theory was based on a Supreme Court ruling, California Supreme Court ruling, that, that had never been tested in that way until San Francisco passed two of its own taxes it was challenged, and the court, uh, court in San Francisco Superior Court, has ruled that yes, indeed, that is a correct interpretation of the law, and those ballot measures should pass with just a majority vote, and they can raise taxes if they're citizens' initiatives. That the citizens can get anything on the ballot and pass that they want, for and they don't have to comply to that rule. So it would probably get appealed, probably get appealed again to the Supreme Court to see that, hey, the Supreme Court agrees with that interpretation. But that was a very good sign for the mayor and his allies who want that to pass with just a bare majority because two-thirds is going to be a little bit of a tough haul. How perfect would it be if... Because now with this court ruling, voters will probably go to the ballot in March with under the impression that 50% is what is the... the threshold that they need to cross right there's probably not enough time for an for an appellate court to rule between now and march right right so how perfect perfectly san diego and how perfectly convention center would it be if it passed (laughs) then the appellate court comes down and we back to square one like 
three and a half years I from mean, now. Honestly, now that we're gaming it out, I don't see any way that couldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Literally, you've predicted the future. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll have that Sorry to look that forward happened. to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that that happened. There was a lot of talk this week, speaking of transit, about a big press conference held by the Navy, the City of San Diego, and the San Diego Association of Governments. Where was it? Was it the Sandag? Was it, or was it at in some Navy it was building? At Sandag. Okay. So the Navy wants to redevelop its giant Spay War property, that big old aircraft hangar in Old Town, and the City of and Sandag, of course, want to turn it into an intermodal transit center. I'm sorry, Grand Central San Diego. The actual the ITC is a different it's, thing. It's an right? alternative project. Okay. Yes, yeah. but it's. It's not the Grand Central Station. Can I just say, since people aren't able to listen to the live recording of the podcast, that I was so proud that listeners randomly use the words intermodal transit center like 15 times. Yeah, they dropped it out. They're like, they're like, it was great. It was like the fan club was out In there. The, uh, uh, intermodal transportation center. Uh, the, the concept Can you say that again? The intermodal transportation center. I'm sorry, say it again. <laughs> I actually call the intermodal transportation and retail center. It's not a bowel disease. It's an actual injury. That's like, it's like at a Buffett concert when like he says Lost Traeger Salt and all the fans go Salt Salt. That's like it. It was like Intermodal Transit Center. Intermodal Transit Center. Shout out. Okay, so Andy, I'm going to challenge you to tell me specifically what was the news because it wasn't that they made a deal to do the the Grand Central Station. No, but they did make a deal in the sense that there is a an agreement that multiple parties have put their signatures on. On paper. Yes, on paper. Parchment. Or, I mean, I guess they might have done it electronically. You have e-sign now. You verify. Yeah. Um, the deal is that the Navy has agreed, although it has not guaranteed, it has agreed that it will consider including the Grand Central San Diego concept in its call for proposals from private developers. And Sandag has agreed that it will not submit a bid as part of that process. So it will not seek to be a developer of the property in any way. It will not attempt to take over that property. That will be left to other developers, but it is possible so that the Navy will include this essentially Sandag's needs in that solicitation. So a, a, it's a deal to consider a deal if somebody proposes a deal. That's yeah. not them. So the Navy is not bound, but they could include in their call for, for bids to put Sandag's idea in there. And then again, it is not bound to choose a bid that, that includes that once those bids come in but it could can you imagine just like randomly stumbling on this press conference and being like oh the mayor's oh. here this is a big deal i wonder what this is about and There's then men in uniform like, up there what? yeah the head of the navy in san diego is here and having it, somebody in the crowd whisper like see what's happening yeah. is a deal for the <laughs> private developers and the spay war and the intermodal tra- and being like yeah never mind <laughs> yeah uh, I, I should also add, they're going to do the environmental review that would oh. be required of this right now. They're going to start doing that okay. as part of this process. So that is that. It's worth. It, it's a good opportunity to snark a little bit on on good old San Diego. Well, it's but it, like this is this represents tremendous progress for San Diego. And also to the credit of everybody who stood up there at that press conference, they chose their words carefully. Right. They said could. 
potential for sets the framework of step forward step forward step in the right direction the mayor said at one point there was the the no one was throwing a parade wow good okay (laughs) very exciting also so i I don't like to bring twitter onto the podcast any more than i could i was making jokes that they were probably throwing a press conference to say that like they weren't going to do the grand central san diego but like they really improved their relationship in the process and so like they wanted to celebrate that yeah that was a joke that was a joke and it was not clear to a lot of people apparently because when i got to the press conference there were a, a lot of folks who were like you're kind of a jerk and well, that, predi- that prediction was mean okay and you're wrong good do you so you feel it well i felt i did feel it but then i got to thinking last night and in a lot of ways my it wasn't that far off <laughs> <laughs> if you really think about it all right other bit of news speaking of feeling it i was uh my kids and i've been reading harry potter we got through the third book and we watched the movie so we read a book watch the movie so I'm laying on the floor, and the kids and my wife are on the couch. We're watching the third movie. They're all wrapped and very engaged in the storyline. Of Toy Story? Of Harry Potter, excuse me. Mm. So this is the third. No, Andy just wasn't listening. That's fine. So. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Do you want to talk about Toy Story? No. Okay. So I'm laying on the ground, and all of a sudden, I feel the earth move. Yeah. And Under my feet. And I was, I, I felt like that was a big moment. Like, the earth doesn't usually shake. Yeah. Do you not usually feel them? I don't usually feel them. I yeah. missed the Earth, Easter earthquake several mm-hmm. years ago. Never felt one. And um, this one, it felt like a rolling pin was underneath yeah. my house. It yeah. was just like a Swaying. roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got up and I was paused the movie and I'm like, I go outside to look, see if the trays are swaying or whatever. And my wife and my kids excoriated me for pausing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like they just lit into me. And I was... And so I've been, I've been polling my friends, like, it's normal to pause the movie when the earth shakes, right? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Right? So I'm right for once? I mean, the I only case... to be fair, it's a good movie. So. <laughs> the other case is that, like, that you were like, there's an emergency. Where's the remote? <laughs> no i knew yeah. it wasn't a big deal i just i wanted to take it in and my wife's like get over it tweet if you have to and i'm like fine i did so i went to twitter anyway so the 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 attention on our site for some old earthquake stories we did just blew up apparently people were interested in our own risk in san diego i thought rye rivard did a good job of explaining one way that we have a risk is even if there was an earthquake that uh uh that came you know that what we didn't even feel here it could yeah, have signific- very far away it could have significant impacts here and that's because most of san diego's water comes from hundreds of miles away through all these threads of metal and concrete that connect us to all the rivers and reservoirs that are a long way away and rye found that there's about two months of water storage available plus the desalination plant if something goes worst case scenario there mm. so time to get out of here <laughs> that's when you get your gun and you pack up the kids and start driving right yeah well, don't have a gun <laughs> Pre- precarious journey out of town for me <laughs> anyway so um we laugh but uh but that's why they spent about 1.2 billion dollars to increase local water storage uh efforts and and so that there's it's you forget that this little civilization in the corner of the state is it's precarious. It's, it's, it's got a tenuous connection to to sustainability. 
Did you feel it? So I you didn't si- feel I could the... cite the source. Yeah, I, I too was watching a movie on the couch and uh-huh. w- was excited. Did Vince but, feel it? Yeah, uh, the baby didn't wake up, so that was great. Yeah, it and you went. didn't feel it. Well, so I was at a fish concert at the time, and <laughs> I don't know if anybody explored the possibility that like they opened with Creeny that night, so like that could have been what y'all felt. From Boston? Yeah. Okay. That opening riff from Creaney might have been the thing to do it. Yeah. we got a couple of listeners Why out there that are going to send Because I get emails every time I do this from our fish fan listeners that are like, that was a good one. Go for it. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> Another news, Kayla Jimenez from our staff did an interesting story, a powerful story this week. A Crown Point Junior Music Academy student reported that a teacher there, okay, this is elementary, that a teacher there had kissed and licked her neck and touched her inappropriately. And instead of moving to fire the teacher, San Diego Unified School District allowed him to take sick leave for the rest of the year and then just retire. It also agreed to keep quiet about the incident. And that last part seems like a trend. Oh, it's definitely a trend. And even just talking with lawyers today who read the story, they said, you have no idea how widespread these agreements are, which is troubling. Um, But yeah, so in many ways, it sounds like the San Diego Unified did the right thing in this case. I mean, they alerted CPS, they alerted the police, they immediately conducted an investigation, and those are all things that they're legally required to do. Um, But one thing they have discretion over is, you know, like, how do we get rid of this guy? And you could move to fire him. Uh, The state has made it a little easier to fire uh, educators who are accused of serious misconduct, which this would certainly qualify. Um, But they just don't seem to want to risk, you know, being dragged through these legal challenges to the firings and having to pay for all of that. And so they still seem to just favor you know, quietly letting them resign, sometimes with payouts. Or in this case, um, when the teacher was initially confronted about the incident, he immediately said, well, I was going to retire this year anyway. Can't you just, you know, let me retire, keep my pension, I'll take sick leave. And in the end, they said yes. So they later, he later denied it. But at the first, he, he sort of didn't. Right. So um, we have a memo that the principal wrote about um, her initial, you know, meeting with the teacher after having received this really disturbing report. And the principal said, you know, at no point did the teacher deny that this took place. He simply was saying, my career is over. You know, I'm never going to see you guys again. And they, I think they were a little concerned, you know, about his well-being and, and tried to say you can access services if you're in a bad state of mind. But it was, you know, at no point during that interaction did it seem like he said, whoa, 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 this didn't happen. These these sorts of like quiet hush, hush, usher them out of the classroom things, they pose a, a bit of a, a collective action problem where in any individual instance you can understand. I guess the logic behind like well the important thing is to get him out of the classroom and this is the quickest and most painless way to do it but as when you look at the number of instances of this that we have over the last two years now you see that the collective effect of all of that 
is that the world doesn't know how many predators are in the classroom and be and actual incidents of misconduct are kept quiet. Yeah. So, I mean, the parents at this school didn't know. And also, you know, of course, they're thinking, how can we get this person out of the classroom as quickly as possible? But what this deal, you know, doesn't allow for is that he could have moved to a different classroom. He could have applied for a job at another district. He could have applied for a job at a private school. And because of this agreement that they struck, no one would have ever known that this took place. He was never um, charged or convicted of a a crime. Um, We're not sure why. Um, But no one looking at this person's background would, you know, stumble upon something that would suggest, you know, he doesn't belong in the classroom. Yeah, we've looked at this gap that occurs with the teacher credentialing commission that allows teachers for a period of time to stay in classrooms or move districts or become substitutes or go to a private school this you don't have to worry about a gap guy would have just kept his credential and would have been able to move effortlessly yeah another uh, difficult to digest but important update from kayla thank you for editing and overseeing that effort We at Voice of San Diego are doing more events than ever. The next big one you can attend is PolitiFest. It's in October, and it's an awesome full-day event. We are still lining up the guests for all the sessions, but this year's theme is housing and transportation. We'll have a lot of things on the schedule. You can get your tickets right now. Just go to politifest.org, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast, and thanks to everyone who came out to the show this week and our members who make this possible. To make sure you don't miss anything from us, subscribe to The Morning Report. That's our most popular newsletter, and you can get it at vosd.org slash morningreport. I'm Scott Lewis, Editor-in-Chief. Andrew Keats is Assistant Editor. Sarah Libby is Managing Editor. And this show was produced by Nate John, Adriana Heldes, and Megan Wood. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for writing the emails to the reporter to coordinate when she would turn it in and then also for downloading it and uh, printing it out and all of the editing capabilities you've done. Uh, Track changes is useful and you wielded it very effectively in this instance. (laughs) 